Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for December 24th, 2023, the fourth Sunday of Advent in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you today? I'm all Adventy. Ooh, describe Adventy. It's it's a nice word for that panic attack when you realize you have a week until Christmas. <laughs> I imagine your panic attack about Christmas is uh, the same as my panic attack about Christmas, only then layered with additional things since you have, uh, well, since Advent 4 is on Christmas Eve, you have four services to prepare for. Yeah, um, four services in 25 hours. <laughs> So which is worse? Is it is it is is it right, worse? I should, which is which is more difficult uh, or or challenging? Is it the the like kind of like the week long uh, marathon of Easter or the oh. uh, the the holy like, week? You mean? Yeah, yeah, holy week. Uh, or it or is it like uh, years like this where uh, uh, Christmas Eve kind of. You know, butts up against Advent Four and then Christmas Day. Like, which is which? Which do you think is a little bit more taxing from the priestly ask, perspective? Ask me at the end of Jammy Church. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's a tough one because um, internally, Holy Week is pulls more out of a priest because mm -hmm. we're walking with Jesus through all those difficult things. Yeah. Um, but in terms of people, the stress tends to be higher around Christmas because of their people's family dynamics and yeah, all of the, well, you just have to see, you know, they're not Hallmark movies for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> people want all the emotions and be positive and all. And yeah. Yeah. In reality doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Not as much family, uh, travels, uh, to, in town to, for, to, you know, share Easter. Right. Lunch. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, I, I can see that. I can mm -hmm. see that. Um, love the family dynamic, of course. All of us <laughs> love our families. Uh, would never trade them for the world. Never. Um, so I, let's uh, let, let's delve into that uh, stressful list of things going on. So okay. So this coming <laughs> Sunday, Advent for what we're going the, the, the pieces that we're going to discuss uh, in this yeah. podcast. Uh, there's a singular service. At 10 a.m. only. At 10 a.m. Uh, there's no 9 o'clock hour. Activities. Activities. There's no 8 o'clock uh, right. uh, service. Just uh, the 10 o'clock service altogether. Music. The yeah. Advent uh, 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 pieces that we're going to, we're going to read today. Mm -hmm. uh, and then. Lighting the fourth candle of the Advent wreath. Yes, yes. Which normally is my, oh, time to start Christmas shopping. <laughs> Won't work this year. A <laughs> little late. Uh <laughs> It'll be a little too late, um, but uh, and then mere hours after that, uh, at five o'clock, five o'clock is going to be uh, what we lovingly refer to, I think, as the the, the children's service. Yeah. But I suppose it's really more of like the family service because it's 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 kid, uh, very kid approachable, a little bit, and therefore approachable to any age. Right, right, right. Uh, so a little a little less traditional, a little bit more uh, of a relaxed uh, 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 service. Uh, but but that will be the Christmas Eve. Still with awesome music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that'll be the Christmas Eve. Uh, um, um, First service. I almost said performance. That's not it. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for Holy Family, that tends to be the highest attended. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and then, again, mere hours later, mm -hmm. uh, 
Everything seems to be like on a six-hour cycle here. Uh, is it? A, it's is, true. Is it an eleven o'clock service or a ten o'clock service? Eleven. Eleven o'clock service, uh, which will be the Christmas, uh, the 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 midnight, midnight mass. mass service. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if we're really lucky here in you know the plains of Indiana, we'll have uh, every once in a while we'll have like a late night snow. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, always so cool when that happens. Uh, so uh, I got my fingers crossed. Uh, but that'll be that'll be the uh, the, you know, the more smells and bells. Yeah, so style, but not like crazy. We, we aren't going to have smells though. Oh, okay. Bring your own smells. <laughs> As usual. B Y O S. I don't know. Maybe maybe it will. Maybe the incense will pop up, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. But as far as like that, it, it is it is that a little bit more traditional well, midnight a, mass yeah, style, and a, and a traditional aimed at grown-ups primarily sermon. And right. Whereas, um, I mean, it is eleven o'clock after all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, kids are very welcome to be there. But if they're sleeping across the chairs, that's also not surprising and welcome. Right. 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 Yeah, we'll we'll get them a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> we do have blankets. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that, in that one, uh, the the, the uh, you might be sitting there at home going, wait a minute, how is that midnight mass if it starts at eleven? That's not midnight, but the goal is to end on midnight. Like you gotta let out at midnight. The absolute ideal goal, mm. which we usually don't hit, um, <laughs> is to receive communion at midnight. Oh, your homily's not long enough. Exactly. You really need to launch into <laughs> like a, a twelve points. Well, uh, you know, I'll throw it back at you. The anthem isn't long enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're in the choir. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll just sing uh, uh, our, some of our pieces on loop until we're yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're okay. Timed. Come on, people. <laughs> I don't think God cares. <laughs> Back then, oh God, symbolism yeah. <laughs> come on um uh so then yeah then we then we we have that uh uh service uh many of us who Which attend is, yeah uh, well, let me say this mm-hmm. basically every service we describe right now will be about an hour long yeah yeah uh, so you don't have to worry about reenacting childhood traumas of sitting for 90 minutes in a stuffy church is, is that the is that the big difference 30 minutes is the uh is the the difference between uh comfort and trauma i think so <laughs> in, in, in episcopal world yes other other traditions ah that's nothing who knew who knew uh, 30 minutes 30 minutes makes the difference greek orthodox man they're i think in all seriousness i think they're their high services are like three hours long. Oh, I've been yeah no I've I've done one yeah um, uh, yeah uh, that you know trauma trauma received. <laughs> <laughs> so there are prettier things to look at in their churches. With that's all the that's true. We, you know, they really do have a lot of pretty things. Um, and then Jammy Church. And then Jammy Church. Yeah. So uh, 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 the midnight ma- mass lets out. Many of us in attendance go home and finally wrap the presents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw them under the tree, uh, and then uh, but then we have a Christmas morning service, which we always have had uh, at ten o'clock. Ten o'clock, uh, and that is uh, nicknamed Jammy Church because uh, you don't really don't need to dress up. You can come in uh, your. You can you literally know, come in your jammies. Your jammies, uh, right, assuming they're appropriate. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> no, no, no! Hard stop. Hard stop. <laughs> Hard stop. stop. They must be appropriate jammies. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you can, or you can wear and or Christmas sweaters and mm-hmm. sweatshirts and anything comfy, jogging fluffy, 
warm, yeah. insulated. Um, uh, so we'll we'll have uh, we'll have that uh, uh, Jamie Church uh, at ten o'clock. Uh, there's no Very music. Very informal. Yeah. There's no music. No music. So that's the service that's well under an hour. Yeah. If you want the fastest Christmas service at Holy Family, that's the one. Right. And actually is very beautiful because usually the, the sun's streaming through the windows. And um, if with any luck, like you said, we've had a little bit of, at the very least, some frost on the trees and sometimes something. snow. Something. Yeah. Uh, if, it, it, if it's wet in 39, I'm going to be <laughs> angry. <laughs> I'm gonna be very unhappy. The last time I looked, which was a couple days ago, it looks it looked like it was gonna be a Southern California Christmas with like 57 and rain. I will. I, I'll take 57. Yeah. It's just I don't like it. Like like that the weird <laughs> midwestern mixture of like it's cold and uncomfortable, but not freezing right. and gross and sloshy. Yeah, not and at like, all fun. Yeah, and it. More likely to kill you <laughs> with a road ice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but but that's that's the that's the gambit. Yeah. And uh, then just to get it. I said gambit, but I meant gauntlet. Eh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> I'd rather have gambit. <laughs> um, and then December Sunday, December thirty first, we're back to the eight a.m. ten a.m. schedule. Yep, right back to normal. Yeah, as if Christ was never born. Oh wait, no, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually the continuing. Yeah. Celebration of Christmas. So yeah. the decorations are all up. The readings are Christmas oriented. The music's Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's we one go, of the more beautiful Sundays of the year. Yeah. We go. Christmas lasts into New Year's Day, if I'm not mistaken. Christmas this goes season. to January. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the following Sunday is January 7th when we'll celebrate Epiphany. And that's when we've, we shift to the, well, that's when the Magi arrive, mm -hmm. and so it may, so that sort of finishes the Christmas narrative. Gotcha. That's, that's January that 7th, sense. 8 and 10. Um, well, let's go to um, this day in church history. Sure. Uh, this day in church history, December 24th, um, our first... <laughs> Our first Christmas, near Christmas entry, uh, 361, uh, we see the assassination of George of Cappadocia in Alexandria, Egypt, a despotic bishop who had forced Arian theology on the Alexandrians. After killing him, the mob burns his body and casts the ashes into the Mediterranean Sea. My goodness. <laughs> well, and something no one wants to know, probably, but... The reason they did what they did was at that point, there was still a controversy over whether someone would enjoy the resurrection, uh, i.e. get into heaven, if their body was not whole. Right, right, right. Which was more of a pagan issue. And it was soon after that that the Cappadocian fathers were able to show that cremation, that's okay. Not ideal. That's okay. Drowning, no problem. All, you know, they went through every disaster scenario so that people could relax about it and <laughs> feel better about their relatives who were in shipwrecks and things. Yeah. Oh, they, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 That is a good point. It didn't cut down on burning each other, but <laughs> it no longer had the eternal significance that it, people would have thought. Right. 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 Uh, 1164, the discovery of Bishop Hartman of Brexit, Brexen, Austria, um, dead in his bathtub. Uh, 
He had supported Pope Alexander III against Victor, Frederick's, uh, Frederick Barbosa's claimant to the papacy. Yeah. However, Holy Roman Emperor Barbosa uh, never held this against him. I'll, I'll <laughs> say in quotes. Do I, do, uh, does it imply some kind of conspiracy I mean, theory? I'm going to throw it out there, uh, even though, like, I don't know, th th this entry states it as fact. Um, uh, it doesn't include the word like appear to or oh, anything yeah. like that, but I don't know. Uh, no further words about the discovery of this guy dead in his bathtub or how. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, was there a toaster in there with him? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe those for the kids at home toasters weren't invented. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Also, don't put those in the tub. Yes. Never. <laughs> Unless you're trying to kill a bishop. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that kind of how-to oh. uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, 1515, uh, Bartolome Le Casas has an audience with Ferdinand of Spain, building rapport with the monarch, he, uh, who will eventually commission him to act in behalf of the Indians of the New World. How nice of him. Doesn't sound like it's going to end well. <laughs> uh, you know how the spanish treated the indigenous people of uh the uh the americas. americas um fairly famous yeah so infamous uh yes infamous so yeah uh in, in this day in, in uh, uh 1515 uh bartoloma uh, la casas gets audience with the king and um is allowed to uh, operate on behalf of those uh, heathen people across the sea. Uh, who never asked for that. Who never asked for that. Thank you very much. Uh, 1526. Hans Denk is ordered to leave Strasbourg because of his Anabaptist views. <gasps> Shock. <laughs> and just to be... Just in case you're curious, Anabaptists were the forerunners of what we now call Baptists. And their m most obvious difference between other Christians, both Protestant and Catholic, was that they insisted on full immersion adult baptism. Yeah, but who is Anna? The aunt of them all. <laughs> aunt, aunt. aunt Anna ba <laughs> the Baptist. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hans Dunk, get out. Uh Leave Strasbourg and never come back. Dinker the Dunker. <laughs> uh, 1784, the first general conference of the Methodist Episcopal Church in America convenes in Baltimore, Maryland at Lovely Lane Chapel. Oh, what, a, what a cool name. Yeah. I like it. And they didn't burn anyone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, in, in particular, Christmas Eve uh, entries here. Are, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeesh. Uh, 1849, Dostoevsky's, uh, Dostoevsky's, I always say his name wrong, uh, the first time around, uh, his trek towards exile in the Omsk pen, uh, penal settlement begins. He had been condemned for participating in a rebel plot. On the way, a woman will thrust a Bible into his hands, which will turn him towards Christ. Although Christian considerations will be prominent in his future writings, his Christianity will not deliver him from compulsive behaviors, such as gambling, oh. until the last decade of his life. <gasps> gambling! <laughs> the worst of all the behaviors. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, some of that smacks a, a little bit of like, uh, uh, you know, 
fable kind of like oh yeah you know yeah Goodness. some woman here here's a bible oh christ <laughs> yeah i have discovered you um uh, i've always been here right <laughs> sort of like the indigenous people of the americas we, we not we, yeah we didn't discover us we've been here <laughs> And not to belittle Dostoevsky's uh, uh, journey or yeah, or, or his his personal stuff. yeah his personal faith, but uh, you know maybe it was more of a hey maybe I'll try something different. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do in the penal column? Which is a little bit more of like a relatable approach. Yeah. Like uh, uh, I, I I I've had many a person try to thrust a Bible in yes. my hand. <laughs> Uh, their 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 pleas have, were were not very convincing to what, me though. Going to a what was especially at the time widely considered heathen place at University of California Berkeley, it was literally a daily occurrence or Monday through Friday occurrence of being able to have Bibles thrust at one, mm -hmm. and I used to throw them off by saying, "Oh, great! I need a Bible. It has the I would say to, so they'd understand the Old Testament, right?" And they almost always were New Testaments. Oh, interesting. With a book of Psalms. <laughs> and they go, nope, that's it. Well, okay, that, I'm sorry, that's not a Bible. That's just a New Testament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the poor 22-year-old intern or whatever he was. <laughs> 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 so that? close. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I had one. Never going to get rid of these. Uh, God forgive me. <laughs> Uh, 1912, uh, we see the death of Charlotte Diggs, quote, Lottie, or the nickname, Moon. A um, lot of names there. Charlotte Diggs Lottie Moon, uh, in, in her death in Japan, who had served as a Baptist missionary in China. Her appeals had led to the formation of the Women's Missionary Union, which is, I think, Episcopal, because mm -hmm. the... Uh, authority for the date comes from the Episcopal Church. Uh, holy women, holy men. Oh, well, then it is one of ours. There you go. What's the name of the organization again? Uh, Mission, Women's Missionary Union. Yeah, that's that's one that's been merged with other missionary societies in the Episcopal Church. But as often was the case, anywhere that the British Empire went... The Episcopal Church or the Church of England or both went. Mm -hmm. And um, while Britain never had absolute control over China, you know, they're famous for the Hong Kong, Shanghai British colonies. And mm -hmm. so we had had and have a number of congregations out there. Yeah. Yeah. 1929, Ralph Darby Williams and his wife Jewel arrive in El Salvador, El Salvador, where they teach uh, the nationals there to manage their own churches and conduct their own mission work. Um, so that's kind of an interesting mm -hmm. uh, uh, missionary. And whose date? Is, I mean, who's who? What's the the authority from the date yeah. comes from the author Oberg, uh, and the title of the book is Ralph Williams, missionary to El Salvador. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, because that, that that's an that's one place where um, there wasn't a lot of British influence, but a lot of American influence. Mm. Most most of it unfortunate, and so the Episcopal Church was one of the first and continues to be one of the strongest non-Catholic um, traditions within El Salvador. So I've I've been there twice on missionary trips. Oh, okay, 
I'm going to look up his name and see if it says anything. Oh, he's Assemblies of God. Ew! <laughs> All right, calm down there. He at least taught them how to manage their own uh, their own info their own stuff. It's, yeah, it's better than uh, it's better than um, uh, Bartolome La Casas, <laughs> who got to decide on behalf of everybody. Um, Two thousand. Well, oh, no, go ahead. okay. Just one of the biggest problems with the Assembly of God in El Salvador is that they're so sexist that it they how sexist were they? They continued and continue to this day. To trample on efforts to have equal rights between men and women, mm, mm. which is you know, sort of very foundational to having a, a good society. And so the Episcopal Church, meanwhile, does ordain women as priests mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So yeah. we're very, very different. Yes. Very different. Both there and here. Yeah. Uh, 2003, falsely blaming Christians for the death of a popular Buddhist monk, Sri Lankan Buddhists attack and burn Christian churches, forcing 140 of them to close. Yikes. Yeah, and that was 2003. Uh, And then finally, 2010, Muslims from the organization Boko Haram murder Pastor Bullis Marwa of the Victory Baptist Church in Nigeria, along with other Christians on the site, and burn down the church. And I actually remember that story. Mm -hmm. What year was it again? 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, and number uh, quite a few Episcopal churches, though they're their own national church, um, were among those other churches mm. that were attacked and both the buildings destroyed and people murdered. Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to church; you'll be. We're the, we're the greatest. Yeah, the greatest. Humanity is the greatest. All right. Well, let's uh let's uh delve into our readings for yes. Advent four. Let us. Uh, our first reading comes from the book of Second Samuel, uh, chapter seven, verses one through eleven, and then sixteen. Now, when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, "See now, I am living in a house of cedar." But the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Um, so when we start off here, it, it, we're talking about the king. King David. 
and and uh, later we find out that that's King David. Yeah. Uh, who and is? We, go on. Go. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Nathan, uh, the prophet Nathan, yeah. not uh, not a prophet that we get into very much because uh, he's not a prophet that has his own book uh, um, uh, or large, I, I think, large chunks of writing about him, unlike Elijah and Elisha or something like that. Uh, uh, so who's the prophet Nathan? What do we know about he's, prophet Nathan? He's David's sidekick. Hmm. Um, the Robin to his Batman? More like his commissioner Gordon. Oh, okay. Where Nathan will step in and say, uh, this is what God wants to have happen. Mm-hmm. Or God's really not happy you did this. Mm. Um, and so it's, he's, he's the voice of God within the story of David. Okay. So, um, it's in, 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 uh, in second Samuel though, let's talk about, uh, I probably should have started here. There's first Samuel, second Samuel, like the books of Samuel. Like what are what are these writings? Uh where do they come from? Uh, what do we know the difference between the, the first and the, the, the second book? Like what's the what's the down low on these writings? They they are so important that it's it's pretty easy to spot when different groups um stepped in and put in their two cents about what the book should say. Oh, okay. And such as this part. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This, this is part of the, um, priestly editing of what we now call the old Testament. Okay. And part of the priestly editing was, was about what Kings were supposed to be Mm -hmm. and how God felt about such things. And so, uh, Chapter 7 of 2 Samuel is paired with the psalm that we'll look at in a few minutes as uh-huh. composed at similar times by similar people with similar um, concepts they mm-hmm. wanted to transmit. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the way I've usually remembered it is 1 Samuel is about King Saul, 2 Samuel is about King David. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, who's Samuel then? Like is uh, Samuel, so Samuel is, also a prophet? Or? He is a, definitely a prophet. Okay. And um, helped, helped, well, he was the one, for instance, who anointed David as king okay. in that famous scene of, don't you have another son? Because I know one of you guys is supposed yeah. to be the king. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah there's David out taking <laughs> care of the sheep. Um, and that only comes after... Samuel has all sorts of conversations and attempts of guidance to Saul, who is becoming increasingly egomanic, ego maniacal. Thank you. Um, and tragically just goes off the rails. A lot of kings do. Yeah. Which um, is also one of the major points of the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah. You can wish for a king, but it's a bad idea. <laughs> You want a king? I'll give you a king. (laughs) (laughs) But it's on you. (laughs) Right? Um, Well, then I'm glad I asked the question in that series because that, that, uh, that, that sequence, because um, I was going to say, it it seems as though this, um, this passage is justifying the creation of the temple. Um, But it wasn't created yet. It wasn't created yet. Right. Because it, it, it plays around and, and certainly the, that priestly group 
was very interested in how the temple came to be. So you're not you're on track completely about this is part of the justification for having the temple mm -hmm. in Jerusalem. But it's also playing with a pun around house. Oh, okay. Where house also refers to lineage. Mm, okay. And so part of what David's being told about, being told, is his lineage will continue. Mm. Um, and that that's more important even than the temple. Right. And, and not just his lineage, but the human race. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, because especially in like verse seven, <clears throat> it seems to almost imply like, uh, hey, this whole time that we haven't built a temple and the ark's been traveling around in a tent, uh, the only thing that <clears throat> that God ever spoke to the tribal leaders is, hey, where's my where's my temple? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which kind of you know is it, essentially implying like, yeah, until you build the temple, you know, God's not going to talk to you. It's just like it's kind of it well, seems to like create yeah. that the uh, theology. Yeah, and again, <clears throat> it's it's written in retrospect, right? That's justifying it. why does the temple exist? Yeah, and so there are other parts of the Hebrew scriptures that are in direct opposition to this that talk about. Why does God need a temple? God's right. footstool is the entire planet. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it, you, you, we can kind of see the foundations of some of the concepts that even Jesus was still trying to combat when yeah. uh, in in the New Test in in the New Testament of like, look where where the temple is 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 nice, but not relevant to your ability to communicate with God. Whereas right. in here, it's kind of like it's kind of painting the picture of tribal leaders going. Dear glorious God and God going, ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I, I I know you have a question, but where's my house? <laughs> is my house built? Okay, come back to me when my house is built. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, it, you, yeah, you can kind of see that 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 was that was a. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to say that uh, um, this is uh, the 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 priestly addition. Uh, uh, <laughs> To, to the book of like, oh, by the way, justification of the tabernacle. Yeah, yeah. And, and therefore also our existence as it, as it is today. Yeah, <laughs> as leaders. Right, 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 yeah. right. God commanded David, and you don't want to go against God and David, yeah. like, so that's why we're in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, something I should have said, well, I was going to say, I just forgot, uh, about Nathan is he was the um, replacement prophet for when Samuel dies in the very first verses of second Samuel. Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. So he's carrying on. Was Samuel the prominent figure? Oh no, Samuel dies at the end of first Samuel. So he okay. never even appears in second Samuel. Gotcha. So Samuel was the key a prophet figure in first Samuel. Yeah. And then this is tying to this is doing that 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 uh Hebrew thing of like uh uh Nathan is the is uh, uh the successor. it's the successor and so therefore still speaking in the tone yes. of, of of samuel and carrying on with the same uh mindset and, and so the therefore is a, yeah and therefore is a continuation got it um why um it, it it's probably fairly obvious i suppose but a house of cedar um like what's the significance of cedar spe specifically here um it's why not just like stone or well yeah that's part of it is 
It's in contrast to stone, mm-hmm. which is what the, all the temples in Jerusalem built um, were made of. Um, but also, so it's, it is supposed to make you go, wait, what? Um, why is it talking about cedar? Um, and part of that is cedar is clearly a creation of God. Since people can see a cedar tree as a baby. And then right. um, when the cedar tree is mature and it's useful for human endeavor, um, the, the humans can benefit by its existence. It's also a symbol of long standingness because I was going to say some semi lineage uh, are, are we going further with the tree metaphor too? That, that can be part of it. But okay. um, what I was going to say is cedars in the Hebrew scriptures. And I think in the new Testament as well are symbols of being long lived and highly resistant to, to bugs, to winds, to drought. Mm. Mm. And so it's a long lasting wood and therefore you build important things out of it. Gotcha. Okay. And it smells, and this is no small thing. It smells good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like built in incense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and many forms of incense then and now are derived from cedar. Yeah. Yeah. Oils. Tons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check the contents of a lot of your uh, more woody yeah. smelling uh, like sandalwood kind of a kind of style candles. Uh, there's probably yeah. some like a, maybe even a cedar wick or a, yeah something like that. So and you can buy cedar planking to line a closet or just little cedar. Anyway, yes, yeah, yeah. My good. my childhood home had a whole cedar closet. Yeah, uh, and it was honestly one of my favorite places to go because right. it was like it smells incredible in here. Yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. does. Um, it is interesting uh, the way that this passage also starts. Uh, one, I think one can very very easily step into the shoes of uh, uh, how King David, like, I know this is an addition to the, to the book, but like how King David approaches this argument, it seems relatively like, yeah, Hey, that's pretty easy, healthy logic. Like King David going, I've got this giant like palace and the (laughs) arcs in a tent. Anybody see anything weird about that? Or like, and, Part of that, David's one of the greatest figures to look closely at. Um, And part of it is how dense David is in talking about that. Because the point is not how bad God's house is. The point is how extraordinary, extravagant David's house is. Yeah. That really, you know, no, no, David, you should be living a lot more simply rather than rather than lifting God's lifestyle, you should be lifting the lifestyle of all your people. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just, it's, it's one of those things though, that like, I, I, I have trouble and maybe it's just, uh, uh, the history of, of Kings and, um, uh, building and adorning spaces of, especially uh, over, uh, issues, like things that like give them power, the, yeah. their source of power essentially. And, I, you know, how come King Saul didn't like recognize the like, hey, the ark's important enough. Maybe give it more than a tent. Like, well, that that's one of the ongoing struggles through both books of Samuel is the the kings keep saying we should build a temple for this ark. All the other religions around us build temples. Why mm-hmm. aren't we? And God repeatedly saying through Samuel and Nathan, 
frankly, you're not worthy. <laughs> yeah, no, and and part of it is it's not time to get settled yet. Mm. So that so in a way, uh, this is this is kind of a turning point. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though, again, it's written after the fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, to kind of justify itself. And it but, really looks like it was inserted into the narrative by the grammar and vocabulary. So. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, here in verse three, go do all that you have in mind for the Lord is with you. So that would be like uh, uh, a reader would uh, of the time would read this and go, oh, so he finally a king has permission. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, finally, uh, uh, you know, we've got a king that is right enough in the eyes of God that God's finally saying, yeah, settle. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Though the, really the temple will be built under, by David's son, Solomon. Okay. Well, I mean, buildings take time. Yeah. <laughs> Tents are easy. And, and David, buildings are hard. Well, and part of what um, this passage refers to is in order to build a temple, you have to have the resources to do it. And in order to have the resources to do it, you probably have to be not at war. Mm, okay. And it promises a, a peacefulness that doesn't happen. Because yeah. the, the wars with the neighbors of Israel certainly continue, uh, you know, both from scripture and from archaeology. That is... David's time was was truly a time of repeated battles, wars, skirmishes. Right. And so things did not, A, did not settle down in terms of war. And B, David kept misbehaving in one way after another. Right. <laughs> so that affected how much um, God felt, yeah, you're not really worthy of a miracle temple here. <laughs> Right. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, why do we, real quick, what are we, what are we skipping here? Oh, you know, I haven't even looked. So I will. Um, wait, where are we skipping? Uh, we're skipping 12, 13, 14, and 15. Oh, down there. Thank you. I just did not, was not patient with my scanning. A, a bunch about how his fam it plays a lot with the that pun of house oh um i would have liked to have had that yeah um but the passage they're trying to avoid in the editing of the selectioner they're trying to avoid confusing things too much got it um and so what's good for the podcast isn't always good for <laughs> sunday worship sunday worship yeah, which I get, I get. Uh, I ain't, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, it and part of it is how oh, it's it's your dynasty will never end. Mm -hmm. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, anything else about this passage? No, that was good. Well, let's move on to our psalm reading for the day. Psalm 89 verses one through four, and then 19 through 26. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. 
I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Salah. Then you spoke in a vision to your faithful one and said, I have set the crown on one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. My hand shall always remain with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall, now, shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand to the on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Um, what do we know about Psalm 89? Well, it is, as I at least hinted at, if didn't outright say, um, from the Samuel passage we just looked at, it comes from that same editorial tradition. Mm -hmm. um, some say even the same exact author. And, um, ooh, it's snowing outside. Uh, that's sleep. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Not that anyone cares. Yucky. Uh, <laughs> Everybody drive safe yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have put the ice scraper in the car. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so th this, this was inserted into the book of Psalms um, after being written by the the same some people call it editor some people call it writer whatever sure from the second samuel passage we just had and it's it has the same things about the promises to david about the promises for a long-lasting dynasty uh royal dynasty mm -hmm. um and things are going to go bad <laughs> uh, to a certain degree um because again it's written in retrospect right well after the time of David. So, say, okay, yeah, this happened to David. Even though earlier I said this was going to happen, it didn't turn out well. So how, okay, here, here's what we need. Gotcha. And, that, and we actually don't have that part. This, <laughs> I was going to say, that's not what we read right. at all. Well, the <laughs> Psalms are pretty darn long. Is um, it? For, okay. Especially for a Psalm. This would have been a long offertory anthem. Um, so would you call this a justification psalm? <laughs> if it's written, if it's written in retrospect and like trying to justify something that has happened in history, I wouldn't say justify, but rather um, theologize. Okay, okay, but, um, but it's fifty-two verses long. Oh yeah, that's, for, that's decently stat long. Statisticians among us, yeah. Um, with the last part being, the last part being a plea for God's help, because gotcha these. Things aren't working out the way I said they were going to right. verses ago. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we see and a lot of... for Christians, we associate this with Jesus rather than with the historic King David. Interesting. So we reappropriate it from this is what David did some hundred years ago um, to this is what Jesus was going it was this is what is promised of jesus all those hundreds of years ago and gotcha obviously we, within yeah. Ju judaism they go no we like the first meaning <laughs> they <laughs> thought this was about david it right. wasn't it was really yeah. about... that's exactly the <laughs> christian thought process 
<laughs> I, it, that just makes me think of uh, the the joke, uh, uh, which I'll abbreviate, but like uh, the 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 priest talking to the uh, the the preschoolers uh, and trying to like engage them in some sort of conversation and like trying to lead them along in a discussion about and, and trying to get them to say like, Oh, you know, like squ squirrels that you see in your yard and trying to get them to say mm -hmm. the word squirrel. And the, you know, a young kid goes, I mean, it sounds like I know the answer is Jesus, but it sounds like you're describing a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The answer is always Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that for um, some Christians, that's Jesus how you Christians? read the Bible. It's yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. I don't understand how this what, what this has anything to do with Jesus, though. So let's yeah, figure it out. It's got it's be. in there somewhere, and especially with the Book of Psalms, that's a a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Since the Book of Psalms is not is not just so stories, or this is how it should be stories. It's often this is life is hard, and this is one of the ways yeah. they're hard. You don't want to put. Jesus at the it's the one who's making that happen, right? And that's certainly not the Bible's intent. Yeah, but and we do see in here, like you said, a lot of repeat um, um, concepts from our first reading. Mm -hmm. uh, the first part talking about descendants, mm -hmm. uh, lineage uh, going on forever, uh, uh, and uh, then talking about uh, how you know God's anointed one David, and you know the 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 favor that God finds uh, with him. I I. I find it interesting just just for uh to connect language to things that we're talking about today um verse 25 talks about i will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers um with the conflict in mm -hmm. uh um palestine and, and, and israel right now you that that might uh um uh invoke thoughts of the um yeah. the 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 chance to drive the israelites out of you know from the river to the sea the right. same kind of language so it's that river and it's the same geographical it's the same exact reference. geographical reference exactly yeah. um and, and and sadly a lot of people at least in the u.s who um engage in that chant don't realize there's no room for israel if that's your goal right yeah um it, it's it's catchy <laughs> well, as this psalm so it's been around for hundreds of years. It, it has, it has been around for hundreds of years. But yeah, this is, uh, this is a uh, yeah. That, that's the the thing that I wanted to point out. The same yeah. exact geographical reference, yeah. um, because that's the same area that yeah. that, that this, uh, these stories take place in. Yeah, um, there there are many people um, who say to you know, say it in a humorous race way so that people will listen to it. That it's really too bad that the Holy Land wasn't in Montana. Because there would have been enough room for a lot more people. <laughs> and no one would fight over it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can have it. <laughs> Why not? No, no, you take it. Yeah, I don't know. I do like Cheyenne, though. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's Wyoming. Wyoming yeah. What's in Montana? Butte? <laughs> Butte and a couple of mountain ranges. <laughs> Got it. There are some silver mines, but not as many as in Colorado. Got it. Yeah. Um, anything more about this psalm? No, that, because we covered so many of the same concepts yeah. in uh, Samuel. No reason to kill ourselves on this. Yeah. Uh, our gospel reading, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26 through 38. So kind of picking up, um, I don't know if it's exactly where we left off because we read from Luke 1 last week. Let, let me take a quick gander. Uh, no, we read John. We, yeah. We read yeah. the beginning of John. This is the first time, so, I think this is the first time. We've read Luke um, 
in this liturgical year. Okay. So this is, uh, so, yeah, this is not uh, the beginning beginning, but it's pretty dang on close. <laughs> so uh, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent uh, by... <laughs> yes? Note that this sounds like the beginning of something. Okay. That um, there are many thoughts that this was the original beginning of the gospel. And what comes before this is the story of John the Baptist's um, birth. Oh, I gotcha. So people later on were like, hey, Luke, where's your John the Baptist? Yeah. Story? <laughs> ah, fine. <laughs> Here you go. And John the Baptist was there, who was weird and covered in honey and locusts. But more important, more importantly than that. And then he died. John the in Luke, John the Baptist's birth narrative um, parallels Jesus's very strongly, where gotcha. Gabriel comes and t talks to the people involved and things like that. So, um, Kathy yesterday in her sermon talked quite a bit about it. Mm, the, gotcha. Gabriel appearing to John the Baptist's father instead of Jesus's mother getting the Gabriel visit. But mm -hmm. anyway. Got it. So important stuff happened, and yet there's a possibility the gospel really didn't start until, until either here or 20 verses before that when the narrative of um, Jesus' birth begins. It's like Luke mm -hmm. has three or four different possible beginnings. Interesting. Which it makes, you know, makes it interesting. It, it does. And, and, it, and it actually does kind of make sense because, uh, you know, it's not like the Gutenberg printing press was around yeah. to exact uh, copies. So um, uh, uh, different versions and different regions or different towns, different temples, synagogues. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say temples. Different synagogues and, and, and communities make sense that it would mm -hmm. be the case. Okay. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age also has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who, has, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Um, so the the starting point, what what, what I'm interested, in, it says in the sixth month, the sixth month of the year, or the sixth month of her pregnancy, Elizabeth's pregnancy. Okay, which it repeats gotcha. later. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So the story. The story uh, uh, about Elizabeth's pregnancy with uh, John the Baptist 
is he they're in their sixth month got mm-hmm. it okay uh so so that and just to be clear that that shows that there was an editorial integration of the john the baptist annunciation and the jesus annunciation gotcha it wasn't just a oop, cut and paste right got it got it got it got it um i like <laughs> i like the phrasing here uh she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what kind of greeting uh, I would expect from, you know, an angel or anyone in particular. But if somebody approached me and was like, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, but she was smart and didn't say anything. Yeah. Unlike Zechariah earlier in the same chapter. Yeah, where he says something and then is struck mute. For well, the... he says, give me proof of this. And, you know, rather than a flaming sword or something. Gabriel's like, up, 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 shut up now. Yeah. It's like, I'll give you proof. You can't talk for it until your son's born. <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more burning bush. <laughs> I got you. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah. Verse 29, the, the being perplexed by words, you can almost kind of narratively see Mary just like raise a single eyebrow. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. It, it shows she's taking this very seriously, mm-hmm. but is, and is not just thinking without critical analysis. Okay. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, in history, at various times, Mary's been treated almost like a um, stereotype of a woman without a thought in her head. Gotcha. So, Angel, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it is interesting, though. Um, uh, it is interesting that the angel does not uh, lead with, do not be afraid. Right. Unlike that other is. angel encounters, uh, which, which kind of... Um, I'm trying to think back on, uh, you know, the appearance of the shepherds on the hill or... Do not be afraid. They yeah. Get that. And, uh, and that's in Luke. Sure. But, like, I'm trying to think back of, like, any of the description, the descriptor uh, words surrounding the passage of, like, uh, coming to them in a blinding light or, like, you know, something like, you, you know, things <laughs> things that narratively, like, you you're, you read that and you go, like, oh, okay, that should be the first words out of your mouth if... You know, you see something crazy like an angel appear in front of you. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, we don't have any of those descriptor words about this encounter. How does, you know, it makes you kind of wonder how the angel appears. Like, oh, yeah. Do, is it like, it's the angel Gabriel, but he's like undercover. Yeah. And like, is it, is it someone walking by? Right. Mary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's have a word. Or is she in her own home? And, uh, you know, he appears to her and with like giant Icarus wings, like, like what's the, you know, what's it look like there in, um, Renaissance art, there's a tradition that she was sitting in the garden reading scriptures. I mean, in terms of how the visual representation is. So she's in a a prayerful state already. So the appearance of an angel, not in a, and usually the angel isn't terribly big, Mm -hmm. um, is not something that that's frightening and and actually is connected with what she was already doing. Hmm. Yeah, I gotcha. 
But yeah, it, is, it does kind of make you wonder. Uh, and it, it, it like, you know, reading between the lines, yeah. because he doesn't say, do not be don't afraid. be afraid. One would assume then maybe his appearance wasn't all that eye catching. Right. Right. Um, and which is kind of cool. And the other thing, incognito angel, or had she already met him? Mm. Yeah. Or when she was a little girl praying, did the angel say, "Yeah, you're on the right track, Mary. Stick with it." <laughs> I thought you were my imaginary friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen you since I was seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it creates all kind of a. a, a fun things to ponder as a mm-hmm. um, and and as usual whenever we are asked by scripture to fill in the blanks it usually tells more about ourselves than about god hmm. yes yeah <laughs> yeah that's why my thoughts are ridiculous uh-huh. <laughs> yep imagine yeah. yep yeah exactly <laughs> um uh yeah i think it's also interesting uh that he gives this litany of things that are going that's going to happen and she doesn't uh she doesn't really i I don't know if this is like she only hears the first part and like doesn't quite get the like hear any anything after that because it stuns her Uh, uh you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him jesus uh He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And as of his kingdom, there will be no end. She goes, um, I'm sorry. What the pregnancy part? I got, yeah. I got what? Um, very human response. Yeah. But also like, so that this person is before you saying you're going to become pregnant she's engaged to this man there's nothing that says like oh by the way you're pregnant right now Mm -hmm. or at least in the translation because she hasn't said yes yet okay okay so but that also does kind of beg the question then why this question like the terms of this and you know of this prophecy haven't really been fully laid out and explained yeah uh so why go like how can this be? I'm a virgin. Like you're engaged to be married though. Like could that's, it's not like, uh, it's not like, uh, Zachariah and, and, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, uh, we're too we're, old for this. Yeah. We're too old. How can yeah. this be like an engaged person who's a, a virgin being told that they're going to have a child. Okay. That was kind of part of my plan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Gabriel say. I mean, now. Yeah. Prior to marriage. <laughs> oh, that's different. different. Yeah, but like we don't have that. Uh, we don't have that interaction. It's just kind of interesting that we just jump to the. the yeah. We all assume. We all know. You know. Yeah. We all know that. You know. I mean, now. And and uh, um, by the way, it's not. It's not Joseph's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's. It's, it is one of these scenes we almost take for granted because many of us who have been Christian for a while have heard it so many times. Mm-hmm. But there is that, you know, if we were really seeing it with fresh eyes or ears or both, you'd be like, okay, is this guy coming on to me? <laughs> right. I will give you a son. I'm like, okay, gross. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah. Joseph. <laughs> because there is, um, you know, she was surrounded by 
Roman and Greek mythology about gods taking on a humanistic form and then going and fooling around yeah. with humans. Yeah. Um, so she would she would have been aware of the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It also it also does make you wonder though too. Um, not not to belittle the amount of faith that is portrayed yeah. by 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 Mary here, but uh, as the as Gabriel points out in verse uh, thirty six, um, her relative mm-hmm. is in her sixth month of pregnancy, even though she's old. So chances are, in six months, Mary already know, may already know that, right? Um, so, um, which might make uh, what this guy is saying be a little bit more plausible. And like, my my Elizabeth told me something like this happened yeah. to her. Yeah. Uh, and you know, um, uh, which, like I said, not to take away from the the leap of faith from from Mary, but. Might also, uh, I think, um, did, I'm trying to remember the story with Elizabeth, whether or not she, like, rejoiced immediately and, and said yes, or did she question it, or did it just happen? You know, like, is she even part of the story? Did it just go to Zechariah, and he's like, yeah, right, and then it just happens, and she doesn't, she's not a part of it at all? Well. Other than, obviously, becoming pregnant. What? Mary, I'm sorry, what Elizabeth says, and and simply says um, that his wife Elizabeth conceived, his being Zechariah, uh-huh. um, and, and Elizabeth says, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. Okay. Um, because the gossips were saying, ah, oh, She's a barren woman, and therefore God doesn't like her. Right. And that's like, whoop, opposite. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Elizabeth doesn't have, though, the angel encounter, as far no, as we can tell. No, it's Zachariah that does, the gotcha. husband. Gotcha. Um, and Although, narratively, it would be funny if uh, Zachariah like, is disbelieving, gets struck mute, and the angel's like, "Is can I speak to the woman in the house, please? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone with a with brains among them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Who knows not to challenge an angel? Right, right, right. But yeah, either either way, like uh, it's it still like I said, not to take anything away from Mary because this is that's still a giant leap. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, the one thing to note that it does say Elizabeth stayed in seclusion for five months. Oh, okay. So so maybe maybe she didn't know. Maybe right. Mary was so, maybe Mary was unaware. Yeah, um, mm. and didn't didn't know until the angel said so. Uh, is this is Luke one of the ones where it, Luke Luke isn't one of the ones where uh, she goes and visited visits Elizabeth and and John the Baptist sleeps in the womb? That's yeah. That's, is, is that Luke? Yeah, I, thought, I I thought that was. Oh yeah, I I I misspoke when I said today was when we were encountering Luke for the first time. We did have that last week. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, cool. Um. So, uh, narr- again, narratively, that makes that would make some sense of like when this happens, one of the things that she thinks to do is go visit Elizabeth. Well, the angel tells her to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to, and to and it, by the way, it's it's written. It really does look like this is the first Mary has heard of it. Got it. Yeah. 
I hear you had yeah. a crazy encounter. Me too. Yeah. And Elizabeth's like, oh gosh, stop stop talking. He's bouncing everywhere. It hurts. Back off, Mary. <laughs> Need a little distance there. Or, so uncomfortable. Or, or put on this lead apron. <laughs> the lead apron. The lead apron protects uh uh John the Baptist from from, from, from holy vibes. Yeah. <laughs> wild um uh anything else about this passage you said you said this is is this the only how, how does this appear in the other gospels i know it in, in, okay so this is the it's, only one that has the mary and gabriel encounter right okay in matthew it's the angel and joseph right and then in mark it's like yeah, who cares it starts out with jesus as an adult well it starts out with john the baptist as an adult gotcha um and then John John starts with uh, in terms of events, John the Baptist as an adult. Got it. And there's a certain amount of squishiness about whether John the Baptist had a prior relationship or awareness of Jesus in Mark and John. Mm, mm -hmm. There isn't like, hey, cuz, mm. should I really be baptizing you? Um, and but in Luke, there's this family connection. But in the baptism stories, there's still kind of a uh, hmm. maybe they know each other, maybe not. Got it. But it, yeah, Mark and, and John, it's like yeah, they don't know each other. Yep. Okay. Well, with that, I think we'll call to a close this your podcast for the fourth Sunday of Advent, December twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, in year B. Uh, as we kind of promoted at the top, we invite you to participate in all our services coming up. <laughs> Each and every one. All 500 of them. Uh, uh, because you know what? Let's face it. You need Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, if you're not uh, able to to uh, make uh, uh, any of the services that we, that we mentioned this coming week, um, uh, they will not only be available for you in person, but also online on our, at our YouTube channel, at HSEC I, videos. And I honestly have not asked you this before this, before now, they will all be broadcast on our YouTube Jamie channel. Church, all Midnight four. Mass. Nice. All four. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I yep. just had a nice visit with someone who can't go to church anymore. And she talked about how meaningful it was to be able to. I that. spoke with that individual as well. Over no, here. it was a different one. Oh, it was another one. Yeah. Oh, someone approached me uh, last Sunday and said, said the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, this is someone who cannot come to church at all. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, it's definitely the intention, uh, uh, whether, uh, if every, for every excuse from, uh, no excuses necessary. Yeah. I shouldn't say, yeah, excuse for every reason from every reason. not being able to get out to uh, a, a fear of being around uh, people like me, which totally makes sense, uh, uh, you know, and everything in between. <laughs> Let's just say you don't want to catch the winter cold. Don't <laughs> want to catch the winter cold. That makes yep. total sense. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, that that's definitely available for uh, for, for people for that exact reason. So yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll have all those services. Uh, they'll be broadcast live. They'll be able to be viewed. If you don't feel like being up at eleven o'clock yeah. on Christmas Eve, congrats, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but you still have the ability to catch the uh, the service, the music, uh, all of that. Yeah, just you you won't be able to. No smells, all bells. Right. <laughs> Good way to put it. 
Uh, and with that, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Merry Advent. Merry Advent. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>